morning. I'm going to invite your attention to the book of Exodus chapter 4. I want to read to you a few verses of scripture in your hearing. Uh, We are in a unique season. You hear me say that a lot. And the reason you hear me say that a lot is because it is very true. We are in a unique season. And I'm going to tell you something. The church was made for unique seasons. Glory to God. The church is unlike any institution that the world knows. And we were made for unique seasons. And I want to talk to you a little bit about that season this morning. And I'm just going to give you a heads up. Just right now, I'm going to give you a heads up. I am going to preach about giving today. I'm going to preach about giving. And, um, and the blessing of the Lord is in it. The blessing of the Lord is in it. Praise God. And the blessing of the Lord is upon this congregation in a way that we can't fully comprehend. But we're going to because it's going to be manifest to us. Exodus chapter 4, beginning with verse 1. Moses answered and said, But behold, they will not believe me, nor hearken unto my voice. For they will say, The Lord hath not appeared unto thee. And the Lord said unto him, What is that in thine hand? And he said, A rod. He said, Cast it on the ground. And he cast it on the ground, and it became a serpent. And Moses fled from before it. And the Lord said unto Moses, Put forth thine hand and take it by the tail. He put forth his hand and caught it. It became a rod in his hand. Verse 5, That they may believe that the Lord God of their fathers, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob, hath appeared unto thee. Exodus chapter 4, verse 17 and verse 20. Thou shalt take this rod in thine hand, wherewith thou shalt do signs. Verse 20. And Moses took his wife and his son, set them upon an ass, and he returned to the land of Egypt. And Moses took the rod of God in his hand. I would like to speak to you for a few moments this morning on this subject. It's time to cast down the rod. It's time to cast down the rod. Can we lift up our voices unto God and ask his blessing upon the preaching of his word? Lord, I thank you for your people, and I thank you for the great pleasure and privilege and joy it is to participate in your beautiful kingdom. I pray, Lord, that you will bless your word as it goes forth and bless your people as we receive it. Lord, I pray for an anointing upon me, your messenger, because, Lord, you know I can do nothing without you. God, you know the only power comes from you, and you know the only authority is in you. But, God, we know it is your desire to bless your people. And we surrender ourselves to your blessing today in the precious name of Jesus. And everybody said, in Jesus' name we pray. And everybody said, amen. And amen. God bless you. You may be seated in the name of the Lord. Moses grew up in Egypt. He was familiar with Israel, though, because the miracle of his being discovered by Pharaoh's daughter, it was was really purposed by his mother and his sister who ensured that he would have access to safety in the time when children were being destroyed. So he grew up in Egypt. He was schooled in the wisdom of the Egyptians, but he was quite familiar with the realities of Israel, the heritage of Israel, and 
And when he looked out upon the land of Egypt in his younger days, it really troubled him. That what he saw was, he saw idolatry and, and he saw burdensome living that, that was a snare to the people of God. He knew that these were the people of the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And, and yet he watched them enslaved. He saw them overburdened and, and he saw them living well beneath the blessings of Abraham. And it troubled him. And one particular day he, he saw a severe mistreatment by the Egyptian taskmaster of a Hebrew slave. And it, and it, it reached a boiling point within his spirit. And he reacted, and he, he, uh, he actually reacted so strongly and hastily that he, he slew the taskmaster. And uh, it, it frightened him, and he thought, though, that perhaps nobody knew, he hoped nobody knew, and then later he learned that, that it was known, and, and somebody actually called him out on it. It had spread, the word of it had spread through the land, and somebody challenged him when he tried to break up an argument between Hebrews, somebody said, what are you going to do to us like you did that, that slave master? And that's when Moses knew he was in trouble. And the Bible says Pharaoh sought to kill him. There actually was a, there was a desire to kill Moses. In fact, when Moses left Egypt and went to what we call the backside of the desert, and worked for his father-in-law Jethro. He met his father-in-law Jethro. He, he actually became involved in shepherding his sheep. And that became his life. And he wanted Israel to be free. But he didn't know if Israel wanted to be free. Uh, he, he wanted Israel to taste of the goodness of God. But he just, it didn't seem like Israel was ready. When, when Moses did what he did, he was ready to start a revolution. But Israel wasn't ready for it. They didn't see themselves as anything other than people of bondage. And so, so Moses just kind of lived his life on the backside of a desert, tending to sheep, holding the rod in his hand, and he was living a life of survival, just not at all in any purpose, waiting to die, kind of maybe even hoping to die. Just, just life did not turn out the way that he hoped it would, and he was a fugitive. There were certain places he could not go because people really did truly seek his life to take it from him. So you can imagine the feeling he had when he came upon a, a particular uh, well and met a, a young lady and, and, and drove off shepherds who were mistreating these young ladies who brought their flocks to the well. And, and he ended up with Jethro's house and ended up marrying uh, Jethro's daughter, and, and he felt like he found a place of security, uh, something that he hadn't known for quite a while because of how awful the turns and the twists of life had become. And now, now he's okay because he's safe, he's got a good job, he's got a good means of income, uh, doesn't have to worry about anything, nobody's going to kill him here because nobody knows he's here. Google Maps had not... Uh, come about yet, Google search, he's not on Facebook, nobody knows where he is, and he's okay as long as he can just keep tending to these sheep, leading them and guiding them, and everything is very safe and secure, and then one day, he sees a sight that he cannot explain, 
And, it, and it, it troubles him to the point that he would say, I will now turn aside and see. I will see this great sight. And the great sight that he saw was a, a bush that was on fire, but it would, not, it would not stop burning. It just kept burning. Normally, when there is fire, it will either spread to something else or it will go out on its own because it will, it will eventually dwindle or it will rekindle. But this particular fire, it just remained in a position of burning but not in a position of consuming. So how odd would it be if we walked out of here today and there was a tree that was on fire but there was no damage being done to it? It was just it was just lit ablaze and and no no damage at all and that's what Moses saw and as you would be intrigued he was intrigued and he said I'm going to turn aside I'm going to look at this because something's going on and when he did the Lord spoke to him and the Bible says that the angel of the Lord spoke to him from the flame of fire and said to Moses to call him by name Moses Moses and 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 tells him to come near to take off his shoes the place upon where he stands is holy ground and he begins to reveal some things to Moses that Moses had not known for instance Moses knew about the God of Abraham Isaac and Jacob but he was about to understand that he was talking to the God of Abraham Isaac and Jacob and this God was going to explain to him that very thing I am the God of Abraham Isaac and Jacob he revealed to him who he is. Then in the matter of conversation, he revealed to him his purpose. I am going to deliver my people. Their cry has come up unto me. And I will respond to their cry. By reason of their bondage, they have sighed. I have heard their sigh. I have seen their affliction. Very specifically, he heard it and he saw it. Interestingly enough, the first two sons of Jacob were named Reuben and Simeon, which were seeing and hearing. And just as their names were seeing and hearing, hundreds of years later, God sees and he hears the affliction of Israel. Kind of like God was letting Jacob know, I'm going to see you and I'm going to hear you all the days of your life and in all the generations of your family. And so... Moses is listening to not only the identity of God, but the purpose of God. Then he asks God the question, who shall I say has sent me? Because God told Moses, I have chosen you to send you. And so not only does he know the identity of God, but he knows the purpose of God. And he now knows the purpose for his own life. He knows he knows a lot of things that he didn't know before this conversation started. Isn't it something what prayer can do? When you pray to God and have encounters with God, you're going to learn who he is. You're going to learn what his purpose is. And you're going to learn what your purpose is. And, and then he said, who shall I say has sent me? And the Lord said, you shall say, I am hath sent me unto you. So not only did he know the identity of God and the, and the purpose of God and the purpose for him, but he heard the actual name of God. So, so this wasn't now any longer, this wasn't just the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, but Moses is on a first name basis with the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And he's, he's had an encounter that has completely changed his life. And he's constantly 
inquiring these things of God. And one of the things that he kept asking was, who am I? And to his question, who am I, the Lord would unfailingly respond, I am. I am. Let me tell you the answer to the question, who am I, is always I am. You and I were made in the image of God. We don't have a purpose outside of him, and we don't have an identity outside of him. All our hope and all our belonging and all our love and everything we have, all our life, is in him. In him we live. In him we move. In him we have our being. Everything we have is in him. And so Moses said, who am I? And the Lord would say, I am. And then Moses is trying to process all of this. So I meet the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, who I've heard about all my life. And I find out that his purpose is to defend Israel. His purpose is to deliver Israel. His purpose is to have a people and to be their God. And, and not only is that his purpose, but that's my purpose. To be engaged in that activity. To deliver God's people not only from the physical captivity of slavery but to deliver them from the spiritual bondage of idolatry. And, and, and he's learning a lot, and, and, but he, he's still trying to kind of gather himself and prepare himself for this that God is calling him to do. And so he asks the question, he says, but Lord, what if they start asking me questions like, like who are you? And, and what if they start saying things like they don't believe me? And what if they don't listen to me? And what if they don't hearken to my words? I can tell them all day long that the Lord has sent me and that the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, I am his ambassador. But God, I'm, I'm just, you know, I'm just trying to think ahead here. I'm just trying to kind of, you know, put myself in their shoes and uh, prepare for a worst case scenario. What if I get there and they just don't believe me and don't hearken to my words and say that the Lord has not sent you? Because people can do that kind of thing. And to that the Lord said, what is that in thine hand? Moses wasn't expecting that question. Because it was pretty obvious what was in his hand. It was a rod. It was a staff. And it was a shepherd's stick. It was used to lead and to guide the sheep. It had purpose and everybody knew its purpose. Certainly God would know its purpose. And so Moses looks at what's in his hand and looks back at God and I love his answer because his answer, he didn't, try to, he didn't try to solve a riddle God didn't pose. He didn't try to understand a revelation God was, wasn't trying to offer. He didn't make it too complicated. He just said what it is. God, it's a rod. That's all it is. It's a stick. It's just a stick. And God said, cast it down to the ground. Now that was a different story because... I don't know if we understand fully how Moses had come to lean literally and figuratively upon this rod. This was his means of security. This was his means of income. This was his everything. This had become his identity. As he left Egypt, this was his safe place. This was a place where he knew if nothing else was working out, he could do this. If nobody else had confidence in him or if he didn't have confidence in himself, he could take that rod and he could lead and he could guide sheep. And now God is asking him to take something that has been affixed to his hand for years 
and to cast it down to the ground. And I, I know that's a, a, a kind of a, you know, maybe a scary proposition to, to cast down what you have held on to for so long. But, oh, Moses, if you think that rod has been effective so far, you wait until you see what God is going to do with that rod from this moment forward. If you think that this rod has been a source of security up to this moment, oh, Brother Moses, you haven't seen anything yet. You won't know it if you don't pass this test. You'll never know it. You'll just go right back to the sheepfold and you'll use it like you've always used it. It'll be a crutch to lean on and it'll be something you can use to, to skillfully lead and guide and prod and prompt and correct and so forth. But, but Moses, it's so much more than that. Brother Moses, I know you're stuck right now in Exodus 4 and you're trying to hear what God is calling you to do and you're trying to heed His word and you want to obey, but this has been everything for you for a long time. And, 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 and Brother Moses, if you could just know that God knows all things and He sees all things and His purpose is greater than anything you've ever imagined and He can do with that rod greater things than you could ever understand that He could do. Brother Moses, I wish I could take you just 10 chapters forward and let you see what that rod does standing before a Red Sea. You won't get there if you don't pass this test. If you walk away from this burning bush experience, this conversation with God, this encounter with the Holy One of Israel and say, I'm just going to have to keep doing what I've always done and I'm just going to have to keep using this source of security the way I've always used this source of security, then you're never going to arrive at some of the most beautiful places in God that God wants to take you. But I wish I could just flip your mind just 10 chapters forward where that same rod that up to this point has provided security and a means of income and a source of livelihood, you will stretch that rod out over a Red Sea and you will see God do something that you never dreamed anybody anywhere could ever witness God doing. Brother Moses, you got to pass this test. It won't always be this way, but it's time right now to cast down that rod. In this moment, Brother Moses, come on, man. I know. Here, let me unpry your fingers for you. Just loosen the grip a little bit and don't be afraid. If God said do it, you don't need to be afraid. <laughs> And when Moses cast it down to the ground, ladies and gentlemen, at first it was frightening. What he saw was frightening. And the Bible said it was so frightening that he fled from it. And, and, and sometimes when you cast down your source of security, when you, when you cast down the thing that has brought you income for a while, something that has been a, a source of great self-security for some time, when you first cast it down, Man, you feel like running and hiding and getting away from anybody who would suggest that you make such a sacrifice. But that little thing, that rod, it turned into something Moses never dreamed it could become. It turned into a snake. And, and he was so frightening when he first saw it that he fled 
from before it. But, but God said, no. He said, don't flee. He said, reach down and pick it up by the tail. I love that he picked it up by the tail. You know, you know and, and, and I'm going to just go ahead and break from the metaphor and from the analogy, if I may. I am talking today about God calling us to a place of casting down our sense of security. It's one thing, it's one thing for God to provide for us a means of income, a means of livelihood. And, and, and if you hold on to it, that's what it will be for as long as it will be that. But, but if you will let it go in the presence of God and cast it down in the presence of the Lord. I'm not saying just anywhere and everywhere, but on holy ground like where Moses stood. Cast it down to the ground. It will become something far greater than what it will ever be in your hand. And then, and then when Moses wanted to flee and run from the idea, God said, no, no, bend down and pick it up by the tail. He picked it up by the tail. And let me tell you something. When you do what God tells you to do, you're going to have victory over things you didn't used to have victory over. You know, there is a side to money that is scary. There's a side to money that has venom in it. There's a side to money that has poison in it. There's a side to money that has fangs in it. There's a side to money that if you love it, it's the root of all evil. There's a side to money where people can sacrifice their children upon its altar. There's a side to money where people will lose their marriage in a quest to get more and more of it. There's a side to money where people will put on a white collar and, and, and forge documents and embezzle and, and somehow practice magic malfeasance just to get wealthier and wealthier and that side is a side your flesh has no power over it but if in the presence of a holy God if you will cast down your reliance upon your own means if you will cast down your reliance upon everything you know and understand you will pick that thing up by the tail and it will have no power over you It won't tempt you anymore. It won't intimidate you anymore. It won't, it won't deprive you anymore. It won't lord over you anymore. It won't depress you anymore. It won't be in the back of your mind anymore. The people of God should never be a people who are afraid of not having enough money. We know our God, and we know that the Lord is my portion. We should never stress or be depressed about not having enough means. He owns the cattle on a thousand hills. The earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. And when you feel the weight of it, you ought to cast that rod down in his presence and say, God, make it something I can't make it. Create something I can't create. Because I've held it in my hands for a long time and all it's done for me is, is, is help me to live day by day, and week to week and paycheck to paycheck. But Lord, if I can just release it into your presence, it's going to become something it would never become while it is in my hand. Yeah, Pick it up by the tail, Moses. Pick it up by the tail, saint of God. Pick that thing up and never be afraid of it again. Never run from it again. 
Don't ever be intimidated by its abundance or its lack. Don't ever be intimidated by it again. If there's not a flow of it, don't be afraid. The Lord is in control. If the, if the stream dries up over here, I'm going to tell you, he'll open the windows of heaven and pour you out blessings. Hallelujah. I need to remind somebody of something today. Let me tell you why the people of God are not afraid of recession. I'll tell you why we're not afraid of recession. Because our blessing does not come from this economy. Our blessing does not come from the cash flow of this world. And and I don't even know how to explain it. All I know is that when you release into the presence of God what has been your source of security, it becomes something it would never become in your hand. Hallelujah. And, and, And Delta may pay your check, but if Delta says we won't, God will bless somebody else to do it in their place. And if P and G used to write your check and P&G says we're not going to do it God will put it on somebody else to write you a check because your confidence doesn't come from this world your income doesn't come from this world it is the God of heaven who blesses you it is the God of angel armies who blesses you and your family Hallelujah! glory to God glory to God Hallelujah. I'm going to tell you something. Yeah, you, 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 if you've been here a while, you know we're in the middle of a, as I said, a unique season. We're in the time of casting down rods. We're in the time of casting down the thing that we've held on to as security, putting it in the presence of the Lord. And I'm going to tell you something, ladies and gentlemen. I am not afraid. I am not afraid. Hallelujah. It will be the people of God in this room who carry us across the finish line of the new worship center and God will bless you for it. But hear what I'm telling you. I want you to do it if the Lord moves on your heart to do it. Don't do it because I say to do it or because I encourage it. I want you to do it because the Lord puts a figure in your mind. I'm not kidding. If you don't want to give, I don't want you to give because it needs to come from a cheerful heart it needs to come from a place of of gratitude for the things of God and when you do ladies and gentlemen it's going to turn into something it never could have been while it was in your hands hallelujah you say, oh, but what if the people don't give? Number one, they will because they're, they're people who love God and they're thankful to God. But secondly, that's okay because the people of God will rise up from somewhere to give to his cause. This is his church. But I want it to be me. I want to be in the middle of it. I'm tired of being on the backside of the desert. I'm tired. I, I want to see God move in Egypt. I want to see God break the bands of this people. I want to see God move in the city of Cincinnati. I want to see God shake off the heavy bands. Brother Driggers. I want to see God move in the city of Cincinnati. 
Do you know how many people sit in this room who have prayed for revival in this city for decades and we have seen God move. We have seen God move. No question we've seen God move. But you know how many times we've come up to the edge, the precipice of his promise and the enemy begins to fight back and we feel like we're on the backside of a desert. I'm telling you that that season is over. I didn't just come to preach this morning. I came to prophesy. That season is over. There's no division in our city in the name of Jesus. There's no strife in our city in the name of Jesus. The people of God are here. The light of the world is shining. We are a city on a hill that cannot be hid. And the people have a mind to give. The people have a heart to give. The people have a heart to work. The people have a heart to serve. The people have a heart to put their shoulder to the plow and never look back. That's who we are. My God, I feel the Holy Ghost. Moses, 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 don't be afraid to cast down that rod. Because I'm going to tell you what that rod's going to do one day. You're going to take that rod that you're trying to hold on to because that's all you know. You're going to take that rod and you're going to dip it into the waters of Egypt. And the waters of Egypt are going to turn to blood. Hallelujah. And every living organism and parasite and ungodly thing in those waters is going to turn into blood. I'm going to tell you right now, it's the season of casting down the rod. Right now, we're standing before the burning bush right now the Lord is saying I've revealed to you my name we know his name how many know his name and we know his purpose how many know his purpose he came to seek and to save that which was lost and brother Cummins I know my purpose my purpose is to be engaged in that holy kingdom work but the revelation God's given us right now is what's in your hand needs to be cast down when we cast it down, and it's going to look like a snake at first. But here's the beautiful thing about casting down what God ca- tells you to cast down. You get to pick it back up. He's not telling you to get rid of it. He's saying, give it to me so I can do something different, something greater. Because when it's cast down and it turns into a snake and you grab it by the tail, it's different from that day forward. It'll never be the same. You notice that when it started out, it was Moses' rod. But when he made his way to Egypt, it was the rod of God. It changed. It changed. Hey, listen, last week we had a miracle offering. Amen. We had a miracle offering. Brother White and Brother Rodriguez came down and put money on the front of this, in front of the altar here. God moved upon them to do it. That doesn't always happen, but it happened last Sunday. And, and do you know that when that was finished being tallied, there was 8000 over eight, it was $8,600 that came in right there. And that's not counting the 5000 that also came in bringing it to 13,600 in just that one service. And that's not counting the person that came to us and said, here are the keys to my automobile. Would you sell it and give it to Ready Now? That doesn't count that either. But I'm going to tell you something, Brother White. 
you and Brother Rodriguez, y'all caught me off guard because I, I wasn't planning on that happening. And I had a, I had a, a good little bit of cash in my pocket. And I'm glad God didn't tell me that was about to happen. I might have left that at home if I had known. And when you did that, I thought, I'm going to put everything I got. And I opened up and I thought, oh my goodness, I forgot all this was in here. And the devil said, keep it. And the Lord said, cast it down. I'm going to tell you something. When you cast it down, it's going to become something greater than it'll ever be if you hold it in your hand. And now I'm going to tell you, when you walk out, you're not walking with your money. You're walking with God's money. And I'm going to tell you, where one can put 1,000 to flight, 10 can put, 2 can put 10,000 to flight. When you've got God's money, it's not five loaves and two fish. It'll feed multitudes. When you've got God's money, When it's the rod of God in your hand. I'm going to tell you something. If you think that that, 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 that you're casting down is something, and it is. It's, it's not. Listen, I understand. We're living in a unique time in our nation, and I, I get it. I, we're all there, and we understand. But something happens when you release it. And take it back up. It's different now. The money that we cast down now. We're going to pick it up, and we're going to dip it in the waters of our world. And blood, the blood of the Lamb, is going to flow through the city of Cincinnati. And you're going to see drug addictions die. You're going to see cancers die. In the name of Jesus. My God, I feel the Holy Ghost. You know, you know what? When Jesus was going to raise the little girl from the dead, do you know the Bible says that he cast all the doubters out of the room? Brother Sizemore, I, I, I want to be in the room. I want to be in the room, Brother Duvall. I want to be in the room. Don't cast me out. I believe. I believe. I believe. I believe she can live again. I believe she can live again. I believe Cincinnati can come to life. I believe the greater Cincinnati area can have revival. I believe. Let me stay in the room. I want to see it all. I want to be in the great big middle of everything God is doing. I want to see it all. I want, I want, I want, I want to be a part I want to be a part. You think it was something laying on this altar, that $8,600 laying on this altar? You wait till it's $800,600 and it's moving through the city. Hallelujah. To bring healing and to bring hope. Hallelujah. You wait till it's $8,600,000. You hear what I'm telling you? And it's moving up and down the streets of our city. And it's pushing the drug lords off the street corners. And it's providing hope for single mothers. Come on, Moses. you got to see what that thing's going to be when you, after you cast it down. It's not going to stay that little bit that you've got in your hand. Cast it down. Let it become something it cannot be as long as you're holding on to it. Yeah, oh, you wait. You wait till it parks the waters right in the middle of our city. And people walk through on dry ground and out of bondage, out of bondage. And all the junk that used to hold them in captivity. Are you ready to see revival in our city? 
We're going to need this building. We're going to need the building in Montgomery. And we're going to need more. We're going to need in the extremities of our city, campuses and daughter works and preaching points and prayer meetings and Bible studies. Are you ready to see God do something we've been asking him to do for a long time? Yeah, but Brother Urshan, what if they don't believe me? What do you have in your hand? But what if they say God didn't send us? What do you have in your hand? But what if they don't believe our doctrine? What do you have in your hand? But what if they say, I don't believe it? What do you have in your hand? Cast it down. When you cast it down, it's going to become something it can't be as long as it's in your hand. And then you get to pick it up. That's the amazing thing. We do not give to get, folks. We don't. I always hesitate to talk about it because the, the miracles are, I, I told you about the miracle. I was sitting on the platform in Nova Scotia just a few weeks ago. And the, the evangelist behind me made an offering to the offering that was, that was being appealed to by the district superintendent of Nova Scotia. Brother Dan McLeod sitting behind me and he, like three minutes after he made his commitment, he tapped me on the shoulder. Brother Urshan, you got to look at this. Five minutes after he made the commitment and gave the offering, a preacher in Arkansas, out of the blue, sent him a 250% increase on what he had just given through PayPal. His PayPal notification went off. He said, I haven't even, even talked to this guy in I don't know how long. And he just sent me a note saying, the Lord told me to give this to you. Because when you cast it down, it becomes something. Hallelujah. I, I wish I could flip your attention 10 chapters into the future of Tree of Life Church. I wish that I could flip your attention to three and four chapters into the future. When you're standing in Pharaoh's court with Aaron. And, 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 and Pharaoh said, I don't believe you, and I don't hearken to your words, and I don't think your God is what you say he is. And I don't believe your doctrine, and I don't think there's anything to this Holy Ghost. And I don't think there's anything to giving your life to Jesus. I just don't. I'm sorry. I've seen your kind before, and, and, and I don't have any confidence in religion. Do you know what Moses did? Moses, listen to this. Moses looked at Aaron and said, you cast your rod down. Aaron's like, my rod? Yeah, but I need this rod. And Moses said, just trust me. Cast it down. Aaron cast down that rod. And when Aaron's rod hit the floor... It started slithering like a snake, just like Moses did. And do you know what's interesting? All of the Egyptian magicians threw down their rods, and theirs did it too. That can kind of mess you up. Because you're like, oh. What else we got, God? Because that one didn't, that didn't, want, that didn't turn out quite like we thought it would. But let me tell you something. This world knows how to make money. This, this world knows how to increase funds. They know how to take a little bit and put it into something and watch it become bigger and better than anything you've ever seen. 
They know how to make one, snake, one rod turn into a snake. The difference is Aaron's rod was superior to every one of those other serpents. The Bible said, we don't even know how many did it. They just started throwing rods down. Every, the Bible says every one of the magicians started throwing their rods down. And Aaron and Moses are looking at it like, oh, my word, that did not work out. I wish God would have told us that a lot of people can do this. And, and, and they're watching, but all of a sudden, one by one, Aaron's rod began to eat up all of the other serpents in the courtroom. And that's, that's, that's listen, that's what will happen in a recession. When businesses are shuttering and when, and when stores are closing down and when revenue is drying up, you can't stop the church. You cannot stop the church. And you can't stop missions, Brother Driggers. The devil can't stop missions, Brother and Sister Driggers. Hallelujah. I know you've been through the storm, but you've been faithful to God. And the name of Jesus, the word of the Lord is, he, the devil can't stop what the Lord has begun in you. Somebody give God praise right now. We're part of something bigger. We're part of something better. We're part of something... It's not just global, it's eternal. I said it's not just global, it's eternal. Aaron cast down your rod. And when Aaron cast down his rod, it became a serpent. And it, 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 it consumed all of the other serpents in the room. You know, that's not the only miracle Aaron's rod did. But the Bible says that when God confirmed Aaron's priesthood and his anointing upon Aaron, that Aaron's rod was different than anybody else's rod. Unconnected to soil in the ground, his rod began to bud. I'm going to tell you, it won't bud until it's cast down. Brother Colbert, the Lord showed me something this morning. He showed me something this morning, and this, I, it may not be profound to any of y'all, but it blessed me. This is it. When you go with the flow, you become a flower. Glory. Amen. When you go with the flow, you become a flower. When you go with the flow, you become a flower. That's the word. Flower and flower are the same word. A flower is a result of flowing. You bud when you go with the flow. You blossom when you go with the flow. When the Bible says that they will flow together unto this place, and when the Bible speaks of the flower that blossoms, those are related words. And the reason why some things don't blossom in our life is because we staunch the flow of the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. But I'm going to tell you, we're going to see flowers emerge all across this campus. We're going to see flowers emerge in Montgomery. We're going to see flowers emerge all across the city of Cincinnati. We're going to see growth. We're going to see harvest. We're going to see light shine into dark places. Oh, I wish I could flip your attention 10 years from now, 10 chapters from now, 10 days from now, 10 months from now. I wish I could take you to when we're downtown at Walnut McMillan. 
Micken where we started out in 1925 and there's only one story there because the Lord shook that building and the top two stories were condemned. Oh, I wish I could show you how that this right here, how this is going to multiply and, and, and we're going to be downtown and we're going to take authority over the violence and we're going to take authority over the addiction and we're going to take, my God, we're going to take authority. Yes, we are. And we're going to be a blessing to mothers, single mothers, and babies, and children, and people addicted to drugs, and people addicted to alcohol. And they're going to be in their right mind. And they're going to be financially responsible. And they're going to have a walk with God. And they're going to have a beautiful family. And they're going to walk in the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. And the tree of life, the leaves of it are going to be for the healing of the nation can't wait but right now it's time to cast down our rods right now it's time to cast it down in his presence and say oh God it's time to say oh God oh God take it Lord receive it Lord it's yours Lord I give it to you right now. I give it to you. I feel the Holy Ghost in this place. I feel the Holy Ghost in this place. Praise God. Could you lift your hands with me right now in the name of Jesus? Hear me now. Hear me now. I want you to to hear something. One of the reasons that preachers don't like preaching on giving is because, because we know the stereotype. And we know people say, oh, yeah, that preacher wants your money. No, I really don't. I don't. If you don't want to give it, I do not want it. I want it to come from a cheerful heart and nothing else. I, I promise you, and I mean that very humbly and sincerely, I don't want any money from anybody who doesn't want to give it. No, at, not at all. Not at all. Until you resolve that feeling, you just keep it. Just keep it in your hand until you can resolve that feeling. Absolutely, 100%. But I tell you, the reason I do preach about giving to the kingdom of God is because I know what happens when you cast it down. Oh, I want you, I want you to flow. I want you to flower. I want you to blossom. I want your kids to flow. I want your family to be blessed. I want your business to be blessed. I want your job to be blessed. Hallelujah. Brother Jim, I still remember when you walked down the steps in your living room and you said, Carly, we've got to give it today. And, and, and she said, we could wait for a better time. You said, no, it's time right now to cast down our rods. And you were going through the trial of faith. You were waiting on God to come through and the next day that was Sunday morning on Monday morning he got a call from a from a a place of business months earlier that he applied for and they said we've got a job for you that we're going to create for you not even the one you applied for because he cast down the rod Because he cast down the rod. Hallelujah. It's not even about the worship center. It's about the city of Cincinnati. That's this just right now time to cast down the rod. God's doing something. God's doing something. He's doing something bigger than what we could ever imagine. And it's going to flow. It's going to flow. Hallelujah. It's going to flow. We're opening the windows of heaven right now. Brother Aaron Bounds said it this way. He said, why do we limit God? He said, when we talk about the rivers springing up into everlasting life. He said, we we think of one river coming out of us, but the Bible doesn't call it one river. He calls it rivers. 
When we talk about the windows of heaven, we think of one window opening up and blessings coming out. But he said the Bible doesn't say one window. He said windows. I want you to know it's windows, not a window. It's rivers, not a river. It's tributaries, not a tributary. It's lakes, it's oceans, it's God. It's God, it's Elohim. It's the plurality of his power. Come on, lift your hands with me right now in the name of Jesus. Lift your hands with me right now in the name of Jesus. I don't even know what to say about what is happening right now. It humbles me and honors me. I, I feel so humbled and so grateful for what the Lord is doing right now. Hallelujah. But I know that all of it represents the power of God. Hallelujah. The fallow ground is being broken up right now. The fallow ground is being broken up right now. The fallow ground is being broken up right now. The fallow ground is being broken up right now. I want somebody to begin to praise God for the miracles, for the miracles, for the miracles. Brother Aaron Williams, I remember the blessing of God that came on you at the beginning of Ready Now. I remember that it wasn't an easy thing. I remember you holding on to that rod saying, God, I I don't know how I let go of this thing. How, How in the world can I even do it? But you did it, and the Lord turned it into something you could have never turned it into on your own. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I need somebody to give God praise for the drug addict that's going to bring their marijuana to the front of this house. Come on, give him praise for it right now. I need somebody in the balcony to give God praise for the nicotine addict who God's going to deliver instantaneously. Come on, somebody on this side in the balcony. You give him praise right now for the family that he's putting back together. Woo, hallelujah. You wait till that rod goes into the water. You wait till that rod stretches out over the sea. You wait till that rod smites the rock and water pours forth. I need some believers to come down right now and stretch across this house in the name of the Lord. I need some believers right now to come down and stretch across this house in the name of the Lord. I feel the Holy Ghost so strong. We're in, a, we're in a position of the miraculous. We're in a position of the miraculous. I need believers who believe, who believe, who believe not just that God can, but that God is, that God will, that it shall be done. In the name of Jesus. Brother Reuben, I pray over this picture right now in the name of Jesus. Put your hand on it with me here, Brother Reuben. Yes, you do not bring this here in vain. You do not bring it alone. We stand in agreement in the name of Jesus Christ. I said we stand in agreement in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. For God to do a work that we are unable to do on our own. Hallelujah. Without God, nothing is possible. But with God, all things are possible. And we touch and agree in the name of Jesus. We touch and agree. In the name of Jesus Christ.
Thank you, tree of life. God bless you. 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 You've released something into this place. You've released something into this place today. You've released something into this place today. We don't give to get, but there are miracles flowing right now because faith has been expressed in this house. to lift the uncertainty off of somebody's shoulders right now. I said God is getting ready to lift the uncertainty off of somebody's shoulders right now.
por mim.